How do working mums manage it all between raising kids, paid work, drop-offs and pick-ups, the incessant domestic load, friends and family and, or well, let's just forget about me time. I can tell you it is a challenge. I'm Jacinta Tynan, news presenter, journalist, author and mum of two young boys. Welcome to The Mother Shift, a babyology podcast where we explore the ins and outs of different work-life situations with different mums. Many women assume that they'll simply go straight back into their career after maternity leave, but as they all too often discover, their pre-baby work life no longer fits their new post-baby world. Anita Burgess was a real estate agent who went back to work when her first baby was six months old and found out that her heart just wasn't in it anymore. She decided to change careers, follow her real passion of decluttering and organising to start her business, Mizon Plus. Anita Burgess is our guest. Welcome to The Mother Shift. Thank you for having me. So, Anita, tell us about your working life before kids. There's kind of a PC pre-children and PC post-children, isn't there? You're working in real estate. What was What was life like? You know what? At the time, I really enjoyed real estate. Um, I was working with different clients, working with different homes, but I still felt that it wasn't something that I really loved and I could picture myself doing the rest of my life. It was long hours and it was quite the, there was an element of real estate that I didn't enjoy. I guess that was the negotiating part. But you know, when you have to work and you need to make money, you just go to work. So when you were pregnant with your first child, yes. you probably had intentions of going back to work. What, yes. What was the plan? Absolutely. I thought I'd take six months off and start working maybe from home, taking on some homes to sell and trying to balance that. You know, a lot of, there are a lot of women in the real estate agency, like in the real estate world that do balance newborns, toddlers, all children, and they balance it really, really well. Did you find, I know I did, that mm. before you actually have children, you've got this ideal of how it's going to be? You sort of think, oh, I'll go back to work, it'll be easy, how hard can it I be? I had it all planned out. <laughs> I thought it was going to be simple and easy. But uh, no, I was I was quite shocked when a child came into my life, how much it changed me. What did your boss say about that before you had the baby, about what how it was going to look? And I think he as well was also was like, it's going to be fine. You're going to have the baby. You're going to come back in six months and you're just going to basically start where I left off. It's kind of comedy when you think about it, isn't it? It really so is. So what was the reality then when you did finally go back to work? And Obviously, you did try it six months, didn't I you? did. I did. And he was supportive to an extent, but I think the reality of the idea and what actually happened, you know, it was very, very different. So for me, not being at the desk at the times that everyone else was at their desk bothered him. You know, that it was like, I, I find it hard to walk into the office and you're not at the desk. Whereas I was trying to juggle, you know, taking to my mum at the time, my mum was helping out and um, and trying to juggle a client and ju- juggle this and take emails and and take phone calls. I found myself not being as present in my work as I was expected to be and also I guess the way I expected myself to be at the time. And then it's like a spiral, isn't it, that you feel bad that you're not performing as well as you should and then your self-esteem starts to suffer and on it goes. Absolutely, and you start to feel bad with everything, that you're not paying your baby enough attention, you're not paying your husband enough attention, you're not paying your friends enough attention. You almost just 
you know, put all this guilt on you. You tried EA work for a while, didn't you? Did that was yes. that any easier? That was uh, that was um, at the end. Yeah, I kind of was like, look, I've got to get out of this kind of thing, and I thought maybe I should try corporate life, and that was EA for a real estate agency. So I really had that background as well, and um, I thought that would be a good transition of knowing my hours because a real estate agent can kind of get calls at nine thirty at night. With that, I can't do that. I couldn't do that anymore. So I thought, great, a nine till five, I walk in, I do what I'm told, I walk out, I have a salary and I have security and everyone else can kind of know what hours I'm there. But yeah, that also didn't work for me. <laughs> but somehow through yeah. all that, you've managed to find your real passion. So it was a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. I think that often, and I speak about this often, even with my clients, how to find your, your journey. I don't know if I love that word so much, but there's, there's a reason all of this happened. Was it an accidental realisation for you that led you to end up working with your passion? It was, it was, and it was almost like divine intervention, if you want to say. It was like, I, I am the type of person that does believe that when I start to put thoughts out there, they do happen those thoughts of, you know, that I really want this or this thing in my life or to go to this place or whatever. When you start thinking about it, it's like that. It's that law of attraction. I, I really feel that it does happen. Um, so in this instance, it, it really was that um, the aspects that I liked about real estate or EA, which was I like organizing. I like working with people. Um, the, my favorite thing when I worked in real estate was organizing the home for sale. And working with the client and saying, okay, let's depersonalize. Let's get this clutter out of the way so we can show the best aspects of your home. So when it came back to um, a client actually called me and said, can you sell my home? I said, look, I'm out of that now. And they said, oh, you know, this isn't the best thing, but can you come and help us prepare our home for sale? Because it just ended up being a really great process for us with you. So from there, I kind of was like, yeah, I can do this. And I didn't know what I did as a title. I just thought I was like making things good. I didn't realize it was actually decluttering. I'd, I Googled it. There's a real market. There is. That, I remember sitting there. So I did that. And then I was like, oh, so, then somebody put up on one of the mother's groups something like about, um, I need to declutter my home. This, 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 this house is killing me or something. And I was like, oh, I think I'm doing this. So I actually went and Googled, I remember that night, and was like, organizing, decluttering. And I was like, oh, professional organizer. There's actually a title for this role. So, and then I was like, no, nah, this is, and then I just, you know, you spend those hours searching. I was like, no, nah, this is what I'm doing. And I can do this. I love it. Let's do it. And that, Maison Plus was born. Yeah. I kind of was like already doing it without having the business card. <laughs> or the APN yet, and then I did it all. It was literally overnight. I have no idea how anyone could love decluttering and organising. That is beyond me, but that is why we pay you the money. (laughs) You're listening to the podcast The Mother Shift with me, Jacinta Tynan. Stick around because later we'll be having a chat with our resident careers counsellor and psychologist, Kirsty Levin, who will look at Anita's experiences to help other mums returning to the workforce. So we're talking about how Anita Burgess changed careers from real estate to professional organising. Who knew there was such a thing? This life change happened just after the birth of her second child. 
So what was this like for you, caring for a newborn, you've got a toddler as well, and a whole new business? It, it doesn't sound ideal. That was probably the, again, that fork in the road of, I know what I am love to do. I have these beautiful children to take care of. I'm really trying to work out what I can do with my time and balance this and get, I wanted to have everything. I know we all want everything, but I really wanted to love my work and to take care of these kids. So there was a big fork in the road. It was a risk. Also money-wise, it was a risk. Do I go and start a business? But I knew that I was happiest and most present when I'm happy with my work. And that's the type of person I am. In the, in the EA job previously, I was going to work leaving. I wanted, I wanted to shoot myself in the head when I sat at that desk. I'm not a corporate person. I know I'm not. I never was. So I, I can't change that, 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 that aspect about me. I guess one of the biggest problems about having your own business is it's not like the business can shut down. It doesn't go to sleep. You're, you've got to keep going. Yes. So what are the biggest challenges for you? In doing that juggle? Now, I've, I'm, I'm getting better at it, but especially at the beginning, it was definitely the admin side. Like you said, it doesn't shut down. But not only does it sh- doesn't shut down, when you have children, there's blocks of your day that get blocked out that you cannot work. So it's all very well that I can work. I do work with a client from 9.30 in the morning to, let's say, 3.30 in the afternoon, but then I have 3.30 till 7.30 is blocked out for me, which is you know, dinner, lunches, getting stuff ready, baths, the list, the laundry, the stuff that has to be done. So I found the hardest part was trying to pick up again at 7.30 and try to finish off my day. I still struggle with it a bit, but I'm learning to um, say, for example, not do it in one day. I do a little bit every day I can't imagine the exhaustion. So it's not, it hasn't been easy, but the, the positive so far outweighs the, the, the little hard parts, you know? It must be so tempting to just go, I'm just going to watch Netflix tonight. I'm not going to look and at my business. I ha- sometimes have gone and that you way. Have, you have to. <laughs> so how did you get the word out there about your new business? A little bit of word of mouth by the sounds of it yes. at the start, but you had a few turning points as well? Absolutely. At the beginning, it was more within the mothers' groups, the Facebook mothers' groups. They had just started kind of taking um, momentum in that time. There was a mother's group called Mum's the Word, and I'll never forget, that was actually the first ad I kind of put up. And there was so, it was like, hi, I'm a declutterer. I can organize your home and put in systems and make things easier for you as a mum. It really, I focused on that. And there was a, like, people just emailed me and messaged me, please come see, please come see me, please come see me. You hit a raw nerve there, didn't you? I really did. I don't think anyone had kind of said, I'm here at the time to I'm help here to you. Help. I'm here to help you. And I love doing it. And we're going to have fun while we do it, which was my big thing. And that's how it started. And then after that, on another mother's group, somebody did something called, a, what I call it pantry shaming, where she put up her pantry and she said, I've put up my pantry. I'm in hell. I can't even look at my pantry. Please put up yours so I don't feel so bad. So there were these other mums and they were putting up pan- their pantries, taking photos and putting up their pantries. And I wrote and I said, relax. There's definitely ways we can do this. It's not just about organising, let's declutter, let's... And I gave them ideas, not even saying I was an organiser at the time, just that I was a mum and I can do this. And they were, number one, so grateful. I actually went and did that client for free after that because that's when everything went crazy. And Mamma Mia picked up on that, did an article on their webpage about pantry shaming. The new thing for mums is to shame their pantry. Another guilt thing we put on ourselves. 
and from their Channel 9, picked up on it with Today Extra with Suze Masara, Suze Gray now, and um, we've been working together now for a couple of years. So it wasn't a strategic uh, ploy by you. It was sort of accidental no. by the sounds of it. It was accidental, but you know what it means? It's that it's, and it's not even when it's luck. It's that what I was doing with these mums and all this stuff was because I really want to help them. I really think there's a way to help the situation, whether it's organising or decluttering, and people could pick up on that. So you're the work-life balance now. Yes, yes. All those magic words, I do know. they exist? Absolutely not. Are, are, are you living the dream with your own business and, and your kids? And you're, you're also a single mother now as well. Yes. I am living the dream in so many ways. Just in t- I really am. I've never been more happy in my life. And the truth, and, and look, my children fight. They can't sit on the same couch together. Okay, I'm like looking forward to this week to getting two couches that I can separate them and they don't kick each other anymore. But when I say living the dream is that I love, I truly, truly, from the depth of my heart, love what I do every day. And that is that I get to work with amazing people who actually need to declutter, to understand the concept of that less is more in so many ways in material ways. If, if we want less, we don't need it. Like we just don't need it in our life. And you, you're more present. You're more present. Less clothes means less washing, means less folding. And I love that when I speak to people and I do this with people that I change their lives. It's, I know it's like <laughs> funny to say, but it's true that their lives are changed by it. It sounds incredibly rewarding for you. Work worth all the, the late nights, as you say, and the kids yes. go to bed and you can't switch off. All of those sacrifices you have to make. Yes. How do you do it all, though? How do you manage to front up to your clients and be present and get all the work done when you are doing all this on your own? So for now, it really is also about the balance for the time for myself. So the biggest gift you can give yourself is a bit of attention. Okay, and that's something I, I definitely have learnt more now, and that's what that that that's the balance for me. Because work is always going to be there nine till three. My kids are always going to be there. There's I'm never going to be able to balance them. One day it's going to be work, one day it's going to be kids. One, you know, this week you know they're starting school soon, so obviously kids are weighing. I've got more stuff to do for the kids, but when it comes to me and balancing my time. I'm I'm feeling less guilty about spending time for myself. And I think as mum, being a single mum, having your work, having your children, you need to make sure that you're balancing that. Have you got any tips on how you do school holidays? Because if you do, tell me. Okay, so it you just have to roll with it. I think you have to roll with the school holidays. Um, for example, I actually I did a Facebook Live video, which I do all the time, to show people different decluttering and organising hacks. And I did a video while my kids were in the bath and I did it in my in my wardrobe, which was called the reverse hanger hack. And um, while I was filming, my son jumped out of the bath to tell me he's going to put his clothes in the washing. So it was live. Everyone was watching it. And he said, <laughs> and I had to jump off the little step stool, stop him because his little naked bum was about to run into a Facebook live video. And he said to me, you know, I've got to put, uh, mummy, where do I put the list? And everyone all over the world watching this Facebook Live video heard it. And it was so cute because a lot of the comments I got from mums were like, LOL, just heard your son in the background. And I was like, this is what we have to do. We own a business and it's school holidays. So sometimes they're going to do it when they're in the bath. 
but you find your time, you find your moment, and you get stuff done. It sounds like it was the the perfect example. And also, can you just talk me through how your son puts his own clothes? I know in the washing machine. And I actually mentioned that on the fa- on the video. I said, "See, he knows where to put his clothes." And he's like, and he said, "Of course, mummy." On the video, he said, "Of course." You only heard the the voice. Of course, mummy, I'll put it. Why do you think it makes mums in particular feel so much? better when they're not surrounded by clutter because it's really hard to avoid, isn't it? It's actually a known fact that women stress levels are higher with clutter around them. It's actually a study they've done. Stress levels, uh, stress hormones in women are are higher. It is because you um, having stuff around, it makes you anxious. It takes longer to find things. If more clutter, you can spend 10 minutes a day or up to an hour a day looking for stuff. So it's not just that you're surrounded by clutter. You can't find anything. So you're looking for the school shoes in the morning. You're looking for the swimmers to take your son to swimming or whatever it may be. If you, you're wasting your time, and time is the most precious thing we have. There must be lots of advantages to running your own business, despite all the exhaustion and all the pressure on you to being able to set your own hours and decide when you're going to work and so on. So a couple of things I find to be the most advantageous is, first of all, I get to take the kids to school and I get to pick them up. So then I really get to spend that time in the afternoon with them. Second of all, I feel that with my business, I get to make the decisions of where it goes and what I'm going to do with it and how I'm going to take it to the next level, which will, you know, needs to be part of my little kids every day. So I can't suddenly, if I get an inquiry, which I have very excitingly to go into state, I can't just pack up and do that. But it doesn't, uh, that, those are my decisions now. So I'm, I feel like I'm very, very lucky owning my own business. I really do. I've worked hard for this. You created it. I created this and I will hold it and I will take it to its next level now. So it's, it's, it feels very, very, very good. It's extraordinary how exponentially different your life is from when you first became pregnant and you had this vision of what it was going to look like working back in real estate. You never imagined you'd have this wonderful, successful business that fulfills you and obviously changes so many people's lives. If you had advice for your pre-baby self, oh my God. what would it be? It, w- it would truly be go with your gut and find your brave my son says it to me, find your brave. Oh, my God, I'm getting emotional. Oh, my. That's <laughs> but it's true because wise, you just think that you think that because you've made this decision to have children that you're done, that you've made this commitment and everything about you now is designated by that decision to have children. And these children, yes, they, they can't survive without us. But if you're not happy and you're not fulfilling who you are, how, how can we be present to them? You're always wondering what could have been. Find your brave. Find your brave. <laughs> Hashtag that. I know. I want to cry. Hashtag find your brave. <laughs> what a wise little boy. I know. <laughs> I think if we were asked to describe motherhood, it's going to change, isn't it? On any given hour, let alone any given day and any phase of motherhood right now, how would you describe it? Motherhood? Hmm. Motherhood. I see myself juggling. It's it's uh, it's a juggling act, and I just think I I can't say it's all roses and all lovely and all you know, parks and fountains and adventures. It's really hard. It's really really hard. But it's those things that like it's funny. Like I was um, 
I was saying it's about time for yourself and doing this Bikram yoga thing I, I love doing. It's really, really, really hard. But at the end of the session, it's so good. So I think that's with the mother thing is that, you know, you know when they go to sleep and you're like, oh, I love them, but they're sleeping. That's the, but that's the moment. It's like you, you're just juggling. They're juggling emotions. You're juggling tasks. But, yeah, I'm the juggler, definitely. The master juggler. The master juggler. You are I just seems out. <laughs> Anita, it's been really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. That was decluttering and organising expert Anita Burgess, owner and founder of Mise en Place. Our resident careers counsellor and psychologist, Kirsty Levin, joins us in the studio with some tips for parents in similar situations. Kirsty, it's a pretty common scenario for mums to have a total career change after the birth of their baby. Why is that? Is it financial or is it the whole personality change we go through? It's to do with the entire identity shift and transition into parenthood. Because all of your needs and priorities and values change as a result of adjusting to parenthood, suddenly the things that you found really fulfilling and interesting and motivating beforehand can become the complete opposite after you've had a child. There are a lot of people that say they threw themselves into their job 24-7 and they loved working on these amazing projects and flying all around the world before they had kids. But now that they've got kids, they don't want to fly around the world anymore. They want to be at home with their child. So they can't you know, pander to the demands of certain types of career paths. And a lot of people do seek a change at that point in time, something that's more flexible, potentially something that's more fulfilling on a personal level, and also something that's more sustainable financially. Well, Anita pretty much fell into her career path as she described it. It was a bit of synchronicity at play when she discovered that she could combine her skills and passion with her own business. But that doesn't happen for everyone, does it? So how can you find out when you're busy working and raising children, what's the next step for you? It is a process of consciously reflecting on all of the skills and strengths and interests that you have somehow leveraged throughout your entire career to date. And when I say it's a conscious process, sometimes it requires a conversation with someone that's near and close to you, such as a friend or a colleague, so that you can actually lay it out in black and white. I'm a really visual person, so I love to sit down with clients and actually map map out in a sort of diagram what your core strengths are, what are your aspirations, who are the role models around you that you aspire to be more like and therefore, you know, pick out the skills and the characteristics that you'd like to work towards becoming. What are your opportunities? What are your needs? What are your priorities? What are your development areas? And when we talk about development areas, what are your points of weakness that you might need to learn to do better, so to improve upon a skill? And what are those areas that are points of weakness for you that you have no interest in developing any further? So it's about highlighting all of those factors to figure out what types of opportunities are going to be most appropriate for you moving forward. When you're raising a small child and you've got financial pressures as well, it would seem like the worst possible time to start a new business. But is it? 
I don't necessarily think the newborn phase is a great time to start a new business because you're extremely tapped out, you know, energy wise. But certainly once your children start to become a, a little bit more independent and able to cope with a childcare scenario, that's when it, it is definitely a great time to consider starting up your own business. And if you've got a great innovative idea and you've done your research and you know that there's a market for your product or service, I think it's a terrific time to go out and try. And because parenthood is a whole new phase of life, it is a time when a lot of people are flushed with ideas, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great time to sit and think about all the the strengths that you have and how can you harness those and turn those into an opportunity for yourself. In Anita's case, she talked about how she found the admin side of her business so difficult, especially after she's been up all day raising her children and then trying to cook dinner. And the last thing you feel like is getting in front of that computer and doing all the boring admin What advice do you have for parents in similar situations? So there's always going to be admin and work that you need to do behind the scenes or after hours. The key to doing it effectively is to manage expectations. So when I say that, I mean managing expectations for yourself and giving yourself a little bit of leeway and scheduling certain periods of time when you are going to be switched on and do admin and other days or other evenings where you sit down and you just take a break, but also managing expectations for your clients or the people that you interact with that expect something of you, expect that output. So in developing you know, what you might call service level agreements, for example, instead of saying that you're going to respond within 24 hours of their inquiry, perhaps you need to stretch it out a bit and say, actually, because of all the admin that I have to complete, I'm going to make my agreement within 48 hours to respond to an inquiry. So I give myself a little bit of leeway to complete the work behind the scenes. The other disadvantage, of course, to working for yourself is is there's really no time off. And it's hard to discipline yourself, I guess, to take that time off. How can people manage that work-life balance in this crucial time period? It's really about knowing your body and your mind and um, how to maintain your mental health and your general well-being. If you're the sort of person that seems to be able to keep up a fast and a steady pace of work without taking breaks all the time, then great. Then you can make sure that you allocate self-care for yourself perhaps once a week, you know, for a couple of hours a week. But if you're the sort of person that needs to take regular breaks because you know you get burnt out really easily, then you have to be really consciously aware of, of cutting yourself some slack and not pushing yourself to your limits all the time. And perhaps you need to sit back and actually schedule in that time in a more conscious sort of way to allow yourself to have more balance between work and downtime. Talking to Anita, she's so passionate about her business and it obviously really fulfills her. And often people are when they start their own business. What are the flow and effects of a career change on a person's positive attitude and on their mental health? It's probably worth all the effort if it fulfills them. It really is. And the key is that it's feeding into your values or it's feeding into your core desires and motivators. So if you've chosen a career path that taps into those things, whether, you know, your value is creativity and perhaps then you need to seek out a role that somehow fuels that, or perhaps your value is family and therefore you have to tap into an organization that values family and values community. Those are the ways in which you can ensure that you're going to be satisfied long-term with your career. If you find something that marries up with your core values, your core priorities, and the things that really drive you internally. You've really got to have stamina if you're going to start your own business. I think that's the key point. So you wouldn't advise that unless it's something that is really 
true to your heart? No, I wouldn't advise it for everyone. You have to be someone that has a lot of energy. You have to be someone that is able to work autonomously for long periods of time, at least in the early days when you might be solo in your business. You need to be content with being the one and only person in the business. Um, so if you're a real team person, it might be tricky to have your own business, at least in the short term. So there's a number of factors you really have to assess and weigh up before you decide to throw yourself into it. And of course, the fact that a lot of people who start up new businesses can't necessarily pay themselves a salary for a decent amount of time. So you might be struggling financially, at least in the short term, for the sake of long-term gain. Um, those are all the things that you really seriously need to consider. The other key consideration in, in thinking about starting your own business is to know your own boundaries and your limitations. So you need to clearly understand what resources you have available and where that ends. So how much time do you have to give to your business? What are your responsibilities to your children that might take you away from that business? What are your financial constraints and how much can you invest in a business? So all of those key factors will determine whether it's a viable opportunity for you or not. So having the big idea isn't enough on its own. Exactly. We can't ride on fantasy. We have to be realistic about what we're able to do, what our capacity is from a logistical, financial, you know, and resource perspective. Yep. Kirsty, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Kirsty Levin, careers counsellor and psychologist from the Parents' Village. If you're a working mum and you have a question about your work-life balance and how to keep on top of everything you're doing, send us an email, podcast at babyology.com.au. Subscribe to The Mother Shift wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like it, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating and review. That's it for today's episode. I'm Jacinta Tyne and join us next time for more of The Mother Shift, a babyology podcast.